This one is heavy. A frank conversation about Suicide Prevention Month. That's every September. And the report from the Centers for Disease Control tells a heartbreaking story about the state of Americans' mental health. Get this. Suicide was the leading cause of death in the United States in 2020. According to the CDC, suicide was responsible for nearly 46,000 deaths. And that same year, according to the CDC, more than 12 million people seriously thought about suicide. And more than 3 million people made a plan to do it. 1.2 million people attempted suicides. The data on black youth is just the most disturbing. Um, and depending upon where you're at, uh, the, the rates for black girls is just as high as black for black males. But what we've seen uh, over time is this myth that suicide is a white thing has uh, really been one of the major problems for us addressing what's happening with our youth. Jewel Woods is founder and clinical director of Male Behavioral Health Center for Men and Boys. He's also a columnist for Psychology Today. Black youth, as I was mentioning, uh, 13 and below, now have twice the rate of suicide compared to their white counterparts. And even between the ages of 13 and, and 18, we see we've seen at least a 62% increase of suicide for black students that are in high school, for both males and females. A Jewel has been leading conversations about suicide prevention across the state of Ohio. That's where he lives and works. He's using social media to spread awareness across the U.S. And just days after this conversation, he held an event for black suicide awareness and a remembrance vigil. Depression increases the risk for suicide uh, by six times. I've got more numbers for you. According to the National Institute of Mental Health, as of 2018, suicide became the second leading cause of death in black children aged 10 to 14, and the third leading cause of death in black adolescents aged 15 to 19. First of all, as a black parent, can you imagine, or any parent, what it must be like to know that your child has a mental illness? First and foremost, it might suggest to you that you're doing something wrong and most worst case scenario, whatever you're doing is not working. Jewel has a strong focus on the black community because, well, he says black folks are often overlooked and frequently marginalized. According to NIH, black people face increased rates of racism, unemployment and financial and food insecurity. What's unfortunate is that within the context of black mental health, is that we don't have uh, the same access to mental health treatment. Here's what he says makes the challenge even heavier. While we have this high need, what ends up making suicide more of a reality is because we don't get the treatment. And there's a number of different reasons why we don't get treatment, but it's a huge formula for if you have folks that are in crisis and them not getting treatment, then you have worse outcomes. The mere idea of a parent admitting that their child is suffering from depression or anxiety or trauma is something that uh, as parents, none of us are the most, uh, what do you call it, uh, fast to admit, because then you have to what? Let somebody else talk to your child about problems and imagine if those problems didn't end up being about problems in your household. So there's a lot of shame and potential guilt that comes with that, which ends up being part of the reason why uh, black parents don't even you know, think to, to have their kids get the treatment that they need. All right, so you ever heard of the saying, what goes on in this house stays in this house? That leans into this. If you're poor and working poor, for example, family, uh, you know, if you have a child talking to some therapist who you may not know and may not look like you, the next thing you might fear is that your child might be taken from your home, right? And so you have all of these factors that just make it difficult to see what's happening. And then you throw in the generational idea where 
older black folks think that these young people in general just, you know, are caught up in their feelings or not as resilient or as strong as older generations. And so they don't see the type of pain that these young folks have. They just think that they're kind of, you know, tripping, for lack of better words. He says gaslighting people only isolates them more. Also, according to the CDC, suicide rates in 2020 were 30 percent higher than in 2000. And the world is definitely a different place now versus then. We are still in a COVID-19 pandemic. Also, Jewel points to this. So the constant examples of black men being killed, unarmed black men being killed by uh, police officers, the constant um, uh, reminders of gun violence in these communities, all those types of things that little minds and hearts are exposed to are creating these sort of circumstances where our youth are really just overwhelmed. And we see high rates of anxiety, high rates of PTSD, high rates of depression among black youth. And the last thing that you know makes this even worse is the stigma of getting help. This is the stigma that he's talking about and what it does to concerns about suicide. It also diminish it, diminishes it when it does occur. It's this sort of idea where you're just acting white as if you know being subject to, again, uh, the highs and lows. Now we understand it. <clears throat> Why? Because African-Americans have never really been given opportunity to show vulnerability, right? We've always had to show strength and resilience in the midst of all the things that we've had to address, particularly in terms of systematic racism. According to the CDC, suicide prevention requires a comprehensive public health approach, starting with strengthened economic supports like household financial security and housing stabilization policies. Also, strengthen access to mental health insurance and reduction in provider shortages in underserved areas and a much closer eye on substance abuse. They want to numb it. And so the high rates of addiction that we see uh, the high rates of substance use and abuse are the types of coping skills that people use to calm their bodies and calm their minds, even if they don't know why. They just know that they actually feel a little bit, you know, um, tense. They know that they feel a little bit hypervigilant, anxious. They might not know why, but they do know smoking some weed or drinking some beer, all these other chemical fixes can help them feel a little bit better. So. That's it. So whether it be through awareness or not, the types of coping things that we end up adopting is, you know, as individuals put us at risk for either hurting ourselves and worst case scenario also, you know, hurting others. Also, coping skills, because as Jewel says, many folks try to do and be everything all at the same time. But there has been a cost, right? Because uh, black women cannot be superwomen and black men cannot be supermen all the time. He especially sees this among people in corporate America because isolation exists there, too. Jewel told me there's a misperception, as some may assume, that a comfortable salary makes one immune from suicidal concerns. With more uh, income, there's typically more scrutiny. Uh, there's typically more uh, visibility on, you know, the, the risks and rewards. And how people deal with that is really, you know, the question. And so, yeah, it's a false uh, equivalence to say that, you know, only the folks who, uh, you know, don't have problems or don't have money are the most susceptible to suicide. It's not the case at all. It's never uh, appropriate to compare people's, you know, uh, sense of suffering because how we experience it varies. But the reality is it's very true that, you know, people from a, you know, uh, different class level, particularly of the upper class, 
you know, might feel a, 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 a very different type of stress and strain in their lives. I literally was just on a call as an example with a business professional. And he just talked about being able to, to go from the highs and lows, you know, within an hour. There are some gender aspects to this that make it really important to point out. So when we're talking about suicide, whether we're talking about white, black, green, or brown, we're really talking about something that men do at a very you know, high level. So we know that you know, women and girls actually attempt at high rates, and even some of the data is actually changing that. But when we're talking about suicide, it is a male theme. So white males have been the ones primarily, when we think about suicide, that it kind of applies to them. And it's interesting or important to note that some of you know, the main reasons why white males have had such a high suicide rate, particularly uh, as they get older, is this whole sense of uh, loss of, of privilege that the things that they felt like that, you know, were guaranteed to them is no longer there. And interesting enough, what we are seeing now is just that the faith that African-Americans and other, you know, racial and ethnic minorities had, the belief in American society, you know, is now not the same as it used to be. And so that lack of privilege, the thing that white males experience or something that they no longer have as a part of their birthright, the things that at least African-Americans felt before was that, you know, this American dream actually was real. There's a lot of sense now that that's not the case. African-Americans and other racial ethnic minorities, just like other, you know, ethnic groups in general who've come to America and seen this as the land of freedom and opportunity are really for the first time beginning not to see it uh, as such. And so unfortunately, like white males, the belief uh, in what's, you know, left in their life is creating more uh, reasons for people to choose, you know, uh, not to, you know, not to fight so hard, not to always be long in your suffering. Okay, we've always had that in our history, but you know, those, those, the recent uh, years of COVID, of social unrest, of uh, I dare say presidents uh, who don't necessarily uh, create uh, ideas around truth, has made this such a case where people are really questioning this whole American experiment. And that's actually impacting us deeply. According to the CDC, middle-aged adults, aged 35 to 64, account for 47% of all suicides in the United States. It's the ninth leading cause of death among this age group. I want to tell you, if you're having trouble and dealing with the thoughts of harming yourself, call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline. That line is open 24-7. And check for resources where you are. Special thanks to Jewel Woods, and be sure to take care of you and yours. Until next time, have a good one.